We are blessed, aren't we? You begin to think about the blessings of God. Many times we, we dwell on the things that are not blessings. We dwell on the problems. We dwell on the difficulties. We dwell on the struggles. We dwell on this problem, that problem. We ought to be dwelling upon the blessings of God. It's by God's mercies and blessings that we're even alive. Amen. And then to have the blessing of salvation. If you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, say amen. amen. And I'll tell you what, it's good to know that you're going to heaven when you die. If you don't know, you can before this day's over. We'll take a Bible to show you how you can receive Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 6. And if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. We begin reading in verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. And the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually." And repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing, and fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 9 there says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Look with me down verse 22. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. We're looking at a traveling, a journey that's about to begin. When we look at Genesis chapter 6, it's a journey from the garden to Mount Ararat. Let's pray. Father, we look at the scriptures and we realize, Lord, how sin came into the world. And because sin came, so did death. It was passed upon all men because all men have sinned. And Lord, we look this morning, we realize that there is those who lived for you and served you. Noah, by faith, lived for you. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen each of us to live for you and serve you. Lord, I pray this morning that you be glorified. I pray that you be magnified and lifted up, Lord. You made a way of salvation. You made a way of a home in heaven. You made a way, Lord, for us to come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, I pray that you bless the preaching of thy word. Lord, forgive me of my sin where I fail you even this day. And, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen me, hide me behind the cross, lift up Jesus Christ. May I decrease, may he increase. And we'll give you the honor and glory to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. In verse 8 it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If you were to look in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, it, it, or, through faith, it, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. 
If you go on down to the next verse, verse 9 says, uh, says uh, that we're not saved by works, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so he's talking about grace that brings us to the Lord through faith that we might have a way. So there's a way made by faith. A way made by faith. And we find here that, that even Noah, by faith, trusted the Lord. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he was spared. And he and his family, and then the Lord had him to build the ark. And, of course, they had all the animals come on the ark. And anything that was not in the ark was destroyed by the flood. Back in 1969, in a place called Past Christian, Mississippi... A group of people were preparing for a storm party. They called it a hurricane party or a storm party. But there was a storm that was on the brew that was moving in by the name of Hurricane Camellia. This uh, was a, a terrible storm. They said it was going to be terrible. It was going to be a, a difficult time. But there was a party being prepared, and uh, in, in that evening, there was a police officer came with another officer, and it had already turned dark. His name was uh, Jerry Peralta. He pulled up after dark at the Richelieu Apartments, which were less than 250 feet from the surf and directly in line with the approaching storm. A man with a drink in his hand came out on the second floor balcony and waved it. And he waved at Peralta, who yelled up at him, said, You need to clear out of here quickly because things are getting worse. Another man joined him on the balcony and they laughed at Peralta's order to leave and yelled back, if you want me off the property, you're going to have to arrest me. Peralta did not arrest them, but he took down the names of 20-some people and their next of kin. Well, as it would have it, the, at about 10:15, the front of that storm came ashore, right where they said that it would. Scientists clocked that storm at over 205 miles, the winds at over 205 miles an hour. It was a Category 5, one of the strongest storms that have ever hit the U.S. shores. And still today, one of the strongest storms that ever hit U.S. shores. The rains came down. They said it was like hit, getting hit with bullets. The waves crested at between 22 and 28 foot off the coast. News came afterwards that of the 20-some people being killed at the hurricane party in the apartments. Nothing was left of that structure except the foundation. And the only survivor was a five-year-old boy found clinging to a mattress. They did not heed the warning. They turned a deaf ear to it. They wouldn't listen to the warning that was coming of the coming danger. What is sad, the same was of the day of Noah when... They wouldn't listen to the warnings that was coming of the danger. And they wouldn't trust the Lord. And they wouldn't turn to the Lord. They lived a wicked lives and they lived an unimaginable uh, uh, decadence in, in that day and time. And, and really, to be honest with you, much of what, like what we see today. Well, people today are not heeding the warning. Well, we see a journey that began here in the garden. The Lord had created a perfect world. Man had walked and fellowship with the Lord in the garden. But then there was a fall of man as he sinned against the Lord. 
In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave it also to, uh, unto her husband with her, and he did eat. They ate of that tree, which was a forbidden tree. They could eat of any tree in the garden. They had the ability to enjoy life. They had a perfect setting. I mean, everything was, was magnificent. There was no sin. There was no death. There was no sickness. There was no crime. There was no disease. There was no sickness. There was no, no attack from wild beasts or animals. Man was living in a perfect state until they took of the forbidden tree. They took of that and because of that, sin has passed upon every man since then. Every single person that has ever been born since that time has been born into sin. You say, well, preacher, I'm a pretty good person. doesn't matter how good you are. You're still a sinner. The Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the journey began as, as they sinned and they were driven from the garden from, from the face of the Lord. Also there in Genesis chapter 3, it talks about what took place as far as being separated from God. The Lord had to drive them from the garden in verse 22 of chapter 3. says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east end of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. The way of tree of life. They was driven out. You can imagine here they had lived in this perfect estate, the garden of Eden. But now because of sin, they could no longer live in this perfect place. They were put out of the garden and then there was a, a cherubim that was placed at the entrance of that garden. He had a flaming sword. And they could no longer enter back into that, that place of, of that wonderful estate because sin had separated between them and the God of heaven. Can I tell you this morning that sin always separates us from God? It always separates us from God. Well, preacher, it's not a big sin. It's not, a bad, it's not all that bad. It's not, you know, I, yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing that. And yeah, I know that this is wrong. But, but can I tell you something? Sin will separate you from God. Well, preacher, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Sin will separate you from your relationship with the Lord even. I'm not saying that you lose your salvation. I'm not saying you're going to die and go to hell. But what I'm saying is it, it hinders your relationship with the Lord. Sin will, will divide you from walking with God. You can put on a front. You can do whatever you want. But until that sin is taken care of in your life, it separates between you and the Lord. So from then on, from that time for the first fall of man in the garden until the time of Noah, extreme wickedness began to build. Begin, man began to do all kinds of wicked and vile things, and he became continually evil there in Genesis chapter 6, which we read. Look at verse 5. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was, look at that, what does it say? What's that word there? Come on, get with me. You can read it too. And God saw the wickedness of man was? Great. great. If, if the Bible says that it was great, it was great. 
It means that it was tremendous amount of sin and wickedness in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of, of, the, of his heart was only evil continually. Now, wait a minute. You mean that as they sit around, as they talked, as they visited, the only thing on their mind was evil? Yeah, wickedness, violence. Their, their, their imaginations, all that they thought about was things that God did not agree with. Things that were against God. It went on in verse 6, says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. The wickedness, the imagination of man was so terrible in their way of thinking and their, their way of doings that God said, You know, I wish I hadn't even made man. He said, I wish I hadn't even done this. The imaginations were wicked all the time. I think about today. Everywhere you turn, violence and wickedness going on. You turn on the, the TV and the news and there's this kill and that kill and this stab and this happening and that happening. And, and you look at what, around the world and all the violence that's taking place around the world. And you know why? Because of what took place in the garden that day. And it created a an atmosphere of sin. And from that day unto this day, we have battled with that. And people's imaginations uh, are continually wicked day in and day out, thinking uh, 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 of vile things. The Bible says every imagination of their hearts was only evil. Only. It shaped their lives. What you think about, listen to me, what you think about is going to shape your life. What you, what, you're, what, you're, what you begin to, to ponder upon all the time, it's going to shape you. Many times we, and, and can I say this, one of the, one of the, there's been great studies done about, about music, about uh, different things that people do in their lives continually, and it shapes their thinking, it shapes their lives. What, and, I, and, I, and I'm not here to preach on this, but what you watch on TV will shape your life. Isn't it amazing that we would not allow somebody into our house drunken, cussing, throwing a fit, but we'll let them in through the TV. And our kids see it. We wouldn't want any of that in front of our kids, but let, we let them watch it on TV. They didn't cost you anything. I just threw it in, came by, grabbed it. Amen. <laughs> but it shapes our lives. You know, we have become... Uh, even as Christians, we become so hardened to sin nowadays. It don't even bother us anymore. It doesn't seem like it really has the effect. We used to see the sin that would, was ruining homes and, and ruining marriages and ruining children and ruining churches and ruining our nation and everything. And it used to bother us and we would get on our faces before God and we would pray, oh God, you've got to intervene, you've got to do something. But now we're like, ah, that's, man, that's terrible, but yeah, it's their choice. It doesn't seem to bother us anymore. It's kind of like, the, there's, I think it was the McCamey's several years ago came out with a song, Getting Used to the Dark. And we've got to a place in, in this world today where we're getting used to sin. And we just kind of blow it off and we don't think so much about how bad it is. But God says it's wicked, it's vile. Every imagination 
came to a place where it was vile and, and wretched, and we're seeing it in our day and time. We're living in a, in a day when, when uh, a man has become like those of the day of, of Noah, every imagination being wicked. In Luke chapter 17, verse 26, it says, as it is, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. You say, well, preacher, what's that talking about, the days of the Son of Man? It's talking about as, as you approach the coming of the Lord, as you approach that day when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, the world will be like it was in the days of Noah before God destroyed it with the flood. Can I tell you something? We're there. We're there. We're in that position. If you don't, if you don't believe me, go over to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and read what it says about the last days. So the Lord prepared to destroy all the living creatures except Noah and his family and those animals which were on the ark. In verse 7 it says, And the Lord said, I will, destroy, uh, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing, and fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. Let's back up for a minute. Why is he going to do that? Why is God going to bring that judgment? Because of sin. Because of sin. God said, I, he said, I wish I hadn't even made man. But God made a way out. We find that Noah prepared for a journey. The greatest decision in Noah's life was not to build the ark. What, preacher? No. The greatest decision in Noah's life was not to build the ark. It wasn't, that wasn't the greatest decision in his life. The greatest decision in Noah's life was to walk with God. Had he not walked with God, he would have never built an ark. He would have never obeyed the Lord. He would have never, he would have never had the Lord to lead him into, into preaching against sin for, for 600 years as he built that ark. He was a man that, that, that said, I'm going to walk with God, I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to preach righteousness while I'm doing it. It doesn't matter whether anybody accepts what I'm preaching, I'm going to do it anyway. And he, he preached and he built and he preached and he built and he built and he preached. And people laughed at him. People mocked him. I go look at that crazy old man out there. He's building a boat out there a long way from the, from the water. He said it's going to rain. By the way, what's rain? You see, up until this time, it had never rained. What? No, there had never been any rain. You see, the Lord watered everything from a mist from the garden or from the ground. There had never been the rain before. So Noah found grace. Look at verse 8. says, but, God, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Can I tell you something this morning? Your greatest actions is not telling somebody about Jesus Christ. Your greatest action is not coming to church. Your greatest action is not being kind to others. The greatest thing in your life and my life is walking with God. All these other things will come because of that walk. When we leave that out, all that other stuff doesn't mean anything. And many times will not be a part of our lives unless we walk with God. 
And so we need to learn to walk with God so that, so that he can lead us and guide us like he did Noah. Listen, Christian, listen to me. The greatest thing in your life and my life is, is, is the Lord and walking with him and having fellowship with him and allowing him to guide our lives. While the world was wicked and continually Noah walked with God and building his relationship with the Lord, didn't matter what the world said, didn't matter that people laughed at him, he was preparing for a journey. He was preparing for a great boat ride to Mount Ararat. To Mount Ararat. Christian, how we need to be preparing for the rest of the journey. When we shall stand before the Lord and face him one day. The Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. Then every one of us shall give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. We're to face him. We, see, we find over in 1 Corinthians 15, or 13, 12, he says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. We'll see the Lord face to face. We're preparing for a journey. While the lost world's having their hurricane party, while they're throwing their big parties in this world, we need to be preparing for the rest of the journey. You see, the Lord says he's coming back. The Lord says that, that, that time is getting short. The Lord says that, that uh, we need to be preparing and doing all that we can to live for the Lord in this day and time because he's getting ready to come back. In that day and time, Noah, he told Noah to preach. He told him to build the boat because he's going to send destruction. Because he was going to send the rain. Because he's going to send judgment. Can I tell you, if you get over in Revelations, you'll find that the Lord said that he's, gone, that he's coming back. You'll find that the Lord said he's sending judgment. You'll find that the Lord says that the time is getting near. He says, behold, uh, I come quickly. And the Lord told Noah, keep on building until, until I tell you that it's time. Hey, listen, Noah didn't know exactly the day or the hour in which the Lord would, would uh, uh, put him in that ark and close the door and bring all those animals in and everything. But he knew that he had to be faithful to the Lord all the way up to the very end. Noah prepared a way for his journey. He prepared. He made the choice to follow the Lord. Noah could have done what everybody else was doing, but he chose to please the Lord. Can I tell you something? I've had people say, what's the big deal about being a Christian? Well, if number one, I have a Savior. Amen. Number two, I have somebody that watches over me and protects me. Number three, I have somebody that provides for me. Number four, I got somebody that has a home prepared for me. Yes. A lot of people, and I've told people, they, they laugh at it, and, I, and I've told them before, I've, I've told, and I've told others to use this uh, uh, saying when they begin to mock you, say, any day I can be like you. But not any day can you be like me. You must be born again. You see, this world is laughing and mocking on their balcony. As the winds are building, as the surf is growing, as the winds of destruction are beginning to come our way and begin to, to head down uh, towards the, uh, and, and the rising waves to, to, of destruction. You see, Christian, listen to me this morning. Noah could have been like anybody else, but he made a choice. I want to tell you something this morning. 
you get nothing else out of what I'm preaching this morning, would you do me a favor? Would you get this? Your choice determines your destination. Your choice will determine your journey and ultimately your journey takes you to your destination. Choose God. Christian, choose to live for the Lord. You don't, you don't, you say, well, preacher, I'm saved, I'm at church. It don't just happen. It's a series of choices all through your life. And those choices that you make, you will live with them and you will die with them. Choose wisely. Someone once said, only two choices on the shelf, choosing God or choosing self. If you get nothing else, I want you to think about your choices. Because that will determine your journey. And your journey will determine your destination. In this life and in the next. Christians know enough about the Bible and we have the Holy Spirit within us that we're to live for the Lord and we realize that those choices are so important. Noah prepared a way for others also, not just, not just for himself, but Noah prepared a way for others to the journey of Ararat. And in Genesis 6 and verse 14 says, Make thee an ark, the Lord's talking, he said, Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without. The Lord gave him the plan of what to do for the journey. And so this, this, this ark, to be honest with you, uh, if it was just for Noah, it wouldn't have took a very big ark. But it was for all that would come to the ark, plus the animals that God wanted to spare. You say, preacher, you mean that if somebody was come and they would have said, Noah, uh, I, I believe what you're saying. Can I come in? Uh, they would have got in that, they could have got in that ark. Yes. Yes. God always prepares a way for all. Jesus said, I would that none should perish, but that all should come under repentance. And he made a way out of sin. The de death and hell at Calvary. But he also made a way in by faith. We're saved uh, through grace, uh, uh, by, by faith, uh, uh, lest any man should boast. Uh, it's not of works, lest any man should boast, the Bible says. We're saved by, by grace uh, through faith. So God made a way through faith. In what, preacher? In Jesus Christ. He made a way out of sin, out of death, out of hell, into eternal life, into heaven. Noah, by faith, built the ark.
Sadly, today uh, uh, we find that only, only Noah and his family were the only ones got on there. But in, in 2 Peter 2 5 says, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing into the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Why, preacher? Because they would not listen and they made a choice to do their own thing. Can I tell you something? You say, well, preacher, I just don't like it this way. Well, let me ask you something. Is the choice based on God or is it based on you? You better choose God. Well, it's not that big a deal, preacher. Every deal is a big deal with God. Jesus Christ prepared a way for, for our journey to heaven. Jesus Christ came into the world. He died on the cross and shed His precious blood. He had never sinned. That shed blood was, was, was come streaming down that cross and, and, and pooled at the bottom. And he had that crown of thorns upon his brow. The blood and, and it came down his face and even mixed with the spittle where people had spit in his face. And, and his back was ripped and torn with the, the cat of nine tails. And he died on that cross. Uh, but he's the king of kings and he's the, 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 the God of all glory. And he could have just stepped off the cross. He could have called for 10,000 angels and and they would have come and destroyed everybody and everything. But he stayed on the cross. Why? Because he was making a way by faith to forgiveness, to heaven, to eternal life. Noah was building an ark. You see, that ark has a, is a picture of Jesus Christ that brought others into, back into this world and Jesus is the only way. If you read, if you go back and you read about the ark, there was only one door. One door. Get that down. One door into that ark. One door. And there's only one way into eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He said, I'm the way. I'm the door. He's a good shepherd. He's the one that cares for us. He is the way into that eternal life. He is the way that we can turn to and receive him as our Savior. But my friend, also, he wants us to realize that he made a way out of sin. Through his shed blood. He made a way into eternal life through his shed blood. But he made a way to some things for you and me. He made a way by faith to live for him. Preacher, I can't live for him. You're exactly right. You can't. But if by faith you allow him, he will live the Christian life through you. Through his power, through his strength, through his abilities, through his love, through his mercy. Preacher, I, just, I, I can't handle this situation by faith. He's made a way to handle every problem in your life. By faith, he's made a way to face tomorrow. By faith, he's made a way to handle the events in your life that we have no control over. By faith. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, he entered into that ark. 
By faith, God closed that, that door and Noah lived with, with his family and those, those animals in that ark that, that period of time until it came to rest at the end of that journey on Mount Ararat. My friend, if by faith you come through that door, Jesus Christ, and you'll receive him as your Savior, then one day you'll find that mount. There's a heavenly Jerusalem that's coming down. There's a mountain that's going to be brought up by God in Israel, there in Jerusalem, a new mountain. And that heavenly Jerusalem will come down upon that mountain. Jesus Christ himself will rule and reign by faith. This morning, God made a way. He made a way to get Noah safe. He's made a way for you and me to be safe for eternity through His Son. He made a way to get him out of, out of the sin of all mankind. He made a way to get you and I out of sin. But he made a way. We are his workmanship, created unto good works. You'll find it there in Ephesians chapter 2. Same place where he's talking about being saved by grace through faith. You'll find that you and I as Christians are to live in this world as the hurricane is building, as the Lord's getting ready to come back. We're to live in such a way to reach others, not just save ourselves. Just as Noah, in Noah's day, one can, no one can make you get on board. I can't make you get saved, and I can't make you live for God. But I can preach, and I can share what the Lord has done for you and how the Lord wants us to live for him. Christian, we must be like Noah, walk with the Lord, warn others of the destruction to come. But again, like Noah, just like that police officer, that sheriff, Peralta, people are going to laugh at you. People are going to mock at it. He took over 20 names and their necks akin because he knew what was going to happen. Sitting here this morning, we all know what's going to happen. They laughed, they mocked. He didn't force them out of there. It wouldn't have done no good to try to force them out. Listen to me this morning. God will not force himself into your life. But he warns you of what's coming. 205 mile an hour wind. Waves over 22 feet high. It's hard for me to imagine they were sitting 250 feet from the surf. That means when those waves hit that surf and they came ashore and hit that building, they were over 
22 feet high with winds of over 205 miles an hour. No second chance. Too late to change your mind. The Lord says, Behold, I come quickly. This morning, are you ready? Are you ready? The winds are blowing. The waves are picking up. Do you, if you know, do you know, do you know if you was to die today, you'd go to heaven? If not, come this morning. Christian, these are the last days. The warnings have begun going out. Are you living for the Lord? Live by faith and live for Him that others might see Jesus Christ. Don't do anything that will hurt the testimony of Christ and cause others to turn from God. Live for Him. Let's bow. Father, we thank You. We love You. Thank You, Lord, that You made a way out of sin, out of death, out of hell. And Lord, You made a way in to eternal life through Your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, You made a way, too, to live for You, to serve You, to bring honor and glory to Your name. But also You made a way to get to heaven in your soon return. Have your will and way in the invitation, I pray. May you be glorified. Save the lost. Encourage the Christian. Help us to realize the day we're living in. Satan is fighting at every level of our lives, trying to destroy, trying to defeat. Lord, help us to make the right decisions that will not allow it to happen. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?